Before we get started with the Tim Pool Daily Show podcast, make sure you check out TimCast IRL on all podcast platforms. It's a show where I bring on guests from across the political spectrum and various fields to discuss cultural and political issues and the breaking news of the day. You can watch the show live Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash TimCast IRL or find the show on all podcast platforms. Again, TimCast IRL. That being said, on to the show. At one point, Donald Trump referred to Sidney Powell as one of the lawyers on his team. In several instances, the media has referenced L. Lynn Wood, an attorney, as also being on the Trump campaign team. I want to be very careful, make sure I'm giving you the full details. It is disputed as to whether or not these individuals are actually Trump's lawyers or just lawyers working on behalf of or towards a pro-Trump goal, which is why I just say Trump lawyers. It's hard to it's hard to pinpoint this, but Sidney Powell has filed several lawsuits arguing widespread election fraud, targeting the Dominion voting systems and making some pretty bold accusations. And L. Lynn Wood has also filed lawsuits and made serious allegations. Right now, we have a push from both of these individuals for Donald Trump to declare martial law, take over, just seize control, maybe have a new election or honestly, I don't know. This is very serious. And it's left a lot of people kind of scratching their heads. You see, those on in sort of the neoliberal mainstream or, you know, I guess media left, they laugh. Ha ha ha. They ignore it. Those on the resistance Trump derangement left are screaming it's happening and shaking their hands wildly. And then many on the right are actually agreeing and saying this cannot stand. As of right now, there's a hearing going on in Michigan. This time it's a real hearing. With the, with the, uh, it's one of the oversight committees for the state legislature in Michigan. This is not a hotel. This is actually in like a state chamber building. People are explaining how there is, they're, they're presenting their evidence of fraud. There are many poll workers, observers, uh, I'm sorry, poll uh, challengers and observers talking about how they were essentially barred from doing their jobs, which is to scrutinize many of these ballots. Much of this reeks of widespread irregularity and presents evidence of serious fraud and typically in the Detroit area in Wayne County. This is leading many people to question the results of the election. In fact, the overwhelming majority of Republicans do not believe this election was fair. In fact, according to Rasmussen, even 30 percent of Democrats think that Joe Biden or the Democrats stole votes. So I wonder in all of this. Where do we go? Because it's looking more and more like Trump is not going to pull off a clean legal victory. And what I mean by that is you go to the courts, the courts say, okay, congratulations, Trump wins. The Pennsylvania state legislature said that they're not going to convene. So what happens? Are these people going to just disappear, say, okay, we lose, have a nice day? No, they're telling Trump to declare martial law. And now, An organization based out of Ohio is calling for the same thing, essentially saying they're like a a constitutional convention or a constitutional Congress calling for Trump to declare martial law and hold a new election. I don't know where all of this ends up, but I, I believe it ends up in a dark place because no matter what happens, you are going to have the overwhelming majority of people on the right, 74 plus million people who don't mostly don't believe that the election was fair. And, and if we go by Rasmussen's numbers, not that, you know, no disrespect to Rasmussen, but I'm not sure I'm going to believe any of these polls. 
We're talking about potentially 100 million people. Look, 30 percent of the Democrat vote plus 75 or so percent of the of the Republican vote don't believe this election was legit. That's horrifying. And what do you think these people are going to do? Just say, I give up. Have a nice day. Thanks for stealing my country and crapping all over the Constitution. I don't think so. That's why we're seeing these calls. And that's why I think y'all better take this stuff seriously. You know, I don't know where we end up, like I said, but somewhere dark. First, let me I want to make sure I'm giving you the, the, the best assessment I can as to Sidney Powell and Ellen Wood. And so I'll read you the first tweet and we'll talk about what it is before we get started. Make sure you subscribe to youtube.com slash Timcast IRL. Check it out. Type it in the address bar. And we do uh, we, uh, it's, it's a live show. We do Monday to Friday at 8 p.m. We have guests and we do news segments. And I'm going to start shifting a lot more focus into the IRL show and away from some of my other channels. But uh, you can check that out. YouTube.com slash Timcast IRL. And also just hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, hit the notification bell, all that stuff. And uh, well, let me, let me read this first tweet it's from Yasher Ali. He says, retweeted by Sidney Powell, who is on the president's legal team and continues to be booked on Fox Business. And he shows this image, a tweet by Songbird for Trump, released the Kraken, 10, 10 a.m. November 30th. Now, before we can see clearly that Sidney Powell did retweet this. At least the image purports to show this. And Yashir Ali is he's a pretty good journalist. I mean, he's not perfect, but uh, but he's got some respect from left and right. Sidney Powell was said uh, Donald Trump tweeted that Sidney Powell was on his legal team or on the team at one point. Rudy Giuliani uh, and Jenna Ellis said that, in fact, Sidney Powell is acting of her own volition and representing state legislatures or electors, not Donald Trump. So many people on the right are saying she's not on Trump's legal team. But I think it's fair to say that she is a lawyer who has appeared at press conferences, fun- acting in such a way that would benefit Trump. Ellen Wood, according to The Washington Post, is a Trump campaign lawyer. I'm just showing this because I want to make sure I'm being very, very careful in explaining to you what it is they've said and pushed for. We have this tweet from Ellen Wood. He says, good morning. Our country is headed to civil war. A war created by third party bad actors for their benefit, not for we the people. Communist China is leading the nefarious efforts to take away our freedom. Real Donald Trump should declare martial law. And he links to a group called We the People Convention. Now, let me read you the tweet that was put, uh, retweeted by Sidney Powell. And that's why I say pushed for, because they both didn't directly call for. Ellen Wood called for martial law. Sidney Powell just retweeted someone else who said this Dear Mr. President, We will not stand by and watch foreign and domestic enemies further destroy our constitutional republic. Eighty and more million of us request that you use the Insurrection Act, suspend the December Electoral College vote and set up military tribunals immediately to properly investigate and resolve the cyber warfare November 3rd, 2020 election issue. Further, we request you suspend the January 6th GA Senate runoff race and the January inauguration until this issue is resolved respectfully, we the people. And is that is that where we're headed? I, I think it's uh, uh, astronomically unlikely, but it could. And I have there, there's very serious questions when you see things like this. Let me ask you, as absurd as martial law sounds and all this stuff, if it turned out that China did in fact have numerous individuals embedded at universities secretly taking money illegally and then using uh, and then using that money to essentially push 
political ideologies that were disruptive and dangerous for the U.S. If they were doing this in an effort to subvert our country, our democratic institutions, our constitutional republic, and siphon away our manufacturing base through a variety of uh, methods, should we declare martial law, lock it down, and regain control? It's a tough question. If we are being subverted by a psychological operation from foreign adversaries, then we must do everything in our power to defend ourselves. Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State, earlier this year said that China has infiltrated every level of this country from, you know, governorships to, you know, local level politics, universities. It's everywhere, he said. And recently there is a journalist and I'll be more vague with this one who told me that they believe they have a list of potentially compromised individuals at many universities, tens of thousands. When I gave you that scenario of college professors secretly taking money from China, that's true. That's actually happening. Now, I don't know if there's some grand conspiracy or China is trying to destroy the United States. But I tell you, if you come to me and say there's a cabal of like Democrats doing stuff, I roll my eyes. You come and tell me that one of our greatest adversaries, China, is seeking to subvert and destroy the U.S. I'm going to be like, what else is new? Because we engage in conflict with them a lot. And that's what people believe. Ellen Wood is saying it. It's China. They're the ones doing this. Maybe. And if they are, what should we do? But the other question is more worrisome. What if it's not true? What if Donald Trump just lost the election? What if what we're seeing with widespread fraud is actually, in many instances, widespread misunderstanding? While there is fraud and impropriety, regular people might not understand what they're seeing. And then all of these stories add up and people think there's widespread fraud stealing the election, when in fact, no election will ever be run perfectly. What if then, due to a misunderstanding, there are Republicans, there are people on the right that exploit this to seize power and declare martial law? Therein lies the very serious philosophical conundrum on how you deal with these problems. Liberty versus authority. If you feel that you are threatened and you have enough evidence to support it, then perhaps martial law makes sense. For me, it absolutely does not. But what if there is widespread fraud? We know that Joe Biden flew his son on Air Force Two to China to negotiate a Chinese a private equity deal. Why? We know that Joe Biden, according to Politico magazine, runs Biden Inc., where he's making money off of this uh you know, off of, off of his role in public office. Why should I just trust Joe Biden? And that's the serious challenge for any reasonable person who doesn't want conflict or civil war or chaos. Ellen Wood says civil wars are coming. Well, now let me tell you, things are freaky. Huh? They're really, really freaky. We have this link. We the People Convention. We the People Convention calls for Trump to declare limited martial law. They say, They call for the president to invoke limited martial law to hold a new election in full page Washington Times ad if legislators, courts and Congress do not follow the Constitution. So there's an if they're not just saying just do it outright. What do you think the media does when they present this information? I'm going to read you about we the people and what they're saying, but I want to show you this article first. Ohio political group asks Trump to impose martial law and hold a new election. Before I read this, I want you to take a look at this image they're showing you. It's a picture of Donald Trump, and you can see the White House emblem behind him. And his face is bright orange. This is the kind of stuff that freaks me out and makes me question what's really going on. And I don't know how you uh, navigate waters like this. Trump supporters will certainly tell you, of course, 
China is subverting our country and infiltrating it, and we must stop the steal. The left will tell you Donald Trump is a Cheeto dictator, fascist, and all that stuff, and he's trying to steal the election. But this photo of Donald Trump's face, bright orange, is a manipulated image. That col- that Trump's face is not that color. You know, I think back to all of these shows uh, where they've mocked Trump, notably Family Guy. When they mock Trump, they make his face bright orange all the time. And I wonder if the reason people think that Trump is orange is because these photos purposefully outline and saturate his face. If you take a look at his earlobes, you can see there's orange on his ears. This is, in in my expert opinion, as someone who does video and photo and graphic editing all day, every day, and has for a decade plus, a manipulated image. They highlighted Trump's face and they saturated it. That means they boosted the colors to make it seem like his face is bright, bright orange. But if you've ever looked at an actual photo of Trump, he does have a spray tan, but it's not like this. The reason I'm highlighting this is because I, 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 I think they do it on purpose. We know that they've done it on purpose before. They're trying to make you hate, despise, and be disgusted by Donald Trump. For a lot of people, it works. Here's what NBCI4, NBC4I says. An Ohio-based political organization is calling on Trump to, to impose martial law and conduct a new presidential election, a move that Ohio's Republican attorney general called utterly irresponsible. More importantly, the federal government can't do that. Each state holds their own election. The Way the People Convention, based in Akron, took out a full-page ad in the Washington Times on Tuesday asking Trump to invoke limited martial law in order to allow the U.S. military to oversee a new and fair federal election, according to a news release. In November, Trump lost his re-election bid to Joe Biden. Since then, Trump has alleged election fraud and attempted legal challenges in several states that he lost to Biden. But he has not been successful in changing the outcome in any of those states. Tom Zawistowski, president of the We the People group, said in the release, quote, It is our exclusive right to elect our president, and that sacred right has been infringed by the massive planned illegal election fraud conducted by corrupt Democrat slash socialist party operatives. Claims of fraud have not been have not been shown to have merit. Full stop. Remember when they were saying no evidence over and over and over again, as predicted and by many Trump supporters predicted this. They're now saying that Trump supporters predicted They would go from saying no evidence to it's just not proven. There's not enough evidence. And we're there now. They're saying have have not been shown to have merit. Whoa, whoa. What does that mean? Have not been shown to have merit. It's because claims of fraud do have evidence backing them up. Notably, Matt Brainerd of the Voter Integrity Project. This is hard, hard evidence of widespread fraud. Again, I said every time doesn't prove what Trump is saying about uh, widespread fraud costing him the the election, but it is evidence of widespread fraud. From there, we need to see where the evidence takes us. You know, some people are going to say Trump is right. This proves it. But we don't want to assert the conclusion and then find evidence to work us towards it. We want to say, I hear what you're saying. Look at the evidence. Does the evidence reach to that point? The problem is Democrats are resisting any and all investigations. And in fact, in Georgia, and this is the Republicans there, they want to wipe the Dominion voting machines. That's insane. I see no good reason why they would obstruct transparency. Every move they make to block investigation gives Trump an excuse to say, told you so. 
And that's when things get bad. But now the media is not saying there's no evidence. They're just saying it's not been shown to have merit. That's true. Sure. Well, I should say claims of widespread fraud, but now they're saying claims of fraud have not been shown to have merit. That's an opinion. That is an opinion, not a fact. Whether or not something has merit is determined by, I suppose, individuals who are judging it themselves. Whether or not something has merit, that's your opinion. You can tell me there's evidence of fraud and I can say I've seen it. I, 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 I've seen some of it. I've seen the sworn affidavits. I've read many of them. That's evidence of fraud. Whether those have merit or not, you can't really determine unless we get a hard investigation and prove it one way or another. But because it hasn't been proven, they can say this. They say, and views aren't shared among all Republicans. No, only most of them, because Rasmussen shows us that it's like 75% of Republicans who believe it. Trump's own election security chief, Chris Krebs, said recently, there is no foreign power that is flipping votes. There's no domestic actor flipping votes. I did it right. We did it right. This was a secure election. You know, I'm not one to believe that foreign governments are flipping votes. Sorry, I don't. Because they, they told us the same thing about Russia, that Russia was flipping votes. Okay, I don't want to hear it. You lose, you lose. All right. In this instance, though, it's not about flipping votes. It's about actual fraudulent fake ballots, people voting twice. That's not flipping votes. Maybe the Dominion voting machines are doing this, but what we're really looking at when people were counting votes, were they doing it honestly and fairly? When people were voting, were they moving, voting in their new location and then voting by absentee? So they voted twice. It seems many people have. But many of these instances appear to be that someone didn't realize someone cast a vote in their name. They want to say Dave Yost, Ohio's attorney general and a Republican, responded to the ad by saying this ad, though protected by the First Amendment, is utterly irresponsible, ahistorical and without precedent or legal rationale. Yeah, it's actually true. Trump can't overturn the election. It's just not possible. Well, well, hold on. OK, let me stop there. He, he technically can. Trump can't call for a new election between the 50 states. The states run their own elections and then appoint their electoral votes. What Trump can do, well, Trump could theoretically invoke Presidential Directive 51, citing widespread voter fraud, economic destruction due to COVID or a bunch of other reasons and say, we are in a time of chaos and war. Or there could be a war that breaks out. And Trump just remains president due to the emergency and once again declares uh, and acts Directive 51. Directive 51, for those that aren't familiar, allows the president to essentially dissolve and reconstruct a constitutional government. It's never been tried before, so it may not hold up to scrutiny. But the problem is the fact that this exists, the directive was created by George W. Bush. Trump could just say it and it's not going to go to the Supreme Court because it ain't going to be a Supreme Court if there's a widespread catastrophe like COVID. So here's the ad. They say the Electoral College, the body that casts each state's vote, is scheduled to meet on December 14th. The ad posted to Twitter reads, XY, it's actually too small to read, but the title is Exercising Extraordinary Authority in Defense of Our Vote May Be Required Because Martial Law is Better Than Civil War. You know, I don't disagree. I don't disagree completely. People don't understand what war is like. They really don't. These kids running around the streets playing games, these armchair historians who are like, actually, the American government will never allow a civil war. I've had a lot of people tweeting at me saying, what happened, Tim? I thought you said there was going to be a civil war. And it's like, when did my opinion change? When did my opinion change? I've been talking about it nonstop, haven't I? You make fun of me all day and night for bringing it up. 
And I'll tell you, it doesn't look like what you think it looks like. The fact that right now we have serious allegations of voter fraud, evidence of widespread fraud, shows that some people are willing to do anything to win power. The fact that the political parties are split with no overlap, where almost exclusively it's my tribe versus your tribe shows that we are on the precipice of something crazy. You don't know what a civil war would be or look like in today's era because we have the Internet. You know, back in the day, 100, 200 years ago, you, you could walk down the street, declare war or whatever with your with your buddies, your army, and people wouldn't find out for a very long time. Today, it'll be filmed. It'll be uploaded immediately. And controlling the hearts and minds is the way you win a conflict, in which case any actual war is likely going to have street level skirmishes like we already see and widespread propaganda, which is exactly what is happening right now. So how do you do anything about it? I guess that's why they're saying martial law. I don't think that would solve the problem. I think that would actually result in civil war, to be honest. But it's one of the scariest things that let me let me show you from Politico. 70% of Republicans don't think the election was free and fair. They're right. If this comes down to December 14th, January 6th, January 20th, Joe Biden becomes president. Joe Biden will have zero support. And it seems very likely we enter civil war territory. Antifa doesn't like Joe Biden, but they would like to control government. And Joe Biden is, ex- is extremely weak and wouldn't be able to defend himself. And Trump and his supporters are substantially stronger than the left. And they don't like Joe Biden either. They'll be claiming that the election was rigged. They'll demand, as they are now, a new election. And the far left will say, you're trying to seize power. We're going to try and seize power, too. And that's how you get some kind of widespread civil unrest. On their about page, they say, the mission of the We the People Convention, the purpose of the statewide convention shall be to recruit, educate, and motivate Ohio citizens at the grassroots level to perform their constitutionally defined role in the governance of their townships, municipalities, counties, as well as in our state and nation by providing opportunities, knowledge, and training to ensure limited constitutional governance. They go on to mention that as a taxable nonprofit corp- uh, corporation, so I believe that means they're a 501c4, they are not a political action committee. They say they pay our taxes like every other uh, uh, every other uh, entity as per normal. This is this, this is it, look, I don't think it's going to happen. But what do I know? I thought Trump was going to win. We'll see what happens now. But I kind of feel like something is happening. Something doesn't feel right. Now, so I'm in conversation with a very high profile political commentator and uh, much, much more, much more so than I. And I was like, what do you think, man? Like, this is crazy stuff. Trump supporters are saying right now in response to L. Lynn Wood, let me show you what they're saying. When he said Trump should declare martial law, this one individual said, if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. And we have to get this country back on track. So uh, this other person, as much as I agree with this, wouldn't something like that take quite a bit of time to prepare for? And what would we use to make sure the results are more accurate this time? I'm in full support of real Donald Trump here. But the problem with doing that is that the media is so excited and in wait for them, they can call him Hitler. Once as scary as it is, I have to say, I agree. We are with you, Ellen Wood and Trump. Make America great again. Let's roll patriots all in. I'm Canadian and I'm in. Signed, signed it. Donation to follow this morning. No one could ever beat us. So they divided us. We trust God. Good will defeat evil. Good morning. Yes, martial law. That is what winning looks like. There is a lot of sentiment. 
that he is correct. So back to my point, talking to this high profile uh, political commentator, and they told me it felt like the air had been electrified for quite some time and that people are sitting there ready with their fingers itching, expecting something to happen or in some instances wanting something to happen. The emergence of the Boogaloo Boys isn't an accident. It isn't a conspiracy. It's a natural uh, consequence of everything we've seen. The dominoes have been flicked and are falling over one by one. I've been saying for quite some time, not based off some arbitrary, my name is Tim Pool and I think civil war is coming, based off of widespread think pieces and articles from Princeton professors to writers for mainstream publications talking about civil war. I see many of these, I don't know how you describe them. There are journalists, many of whom I respect, will point out, oh, all this civil war rhetoric is just stupid, you know, hyperbole and garbage. I don't think so. I'm not saying that you're going to see two factions marching through the streets. Maybe it'll just be like the troubles. But you, you mean to tell me that the people who are sitting here saying that we should have, we're headed for civil war, we need martial law, that people as prominent as Ellen Wood getting 14 15,000 retweets. It's nothing. Whether or not you think I'm right or wrong, I'm, I'm not saying with, with definitive probability that civil war is going to happen. I'm saying it seems like we're heading in that direction. That's the only thing I can really say. And I think we are. And I think people are going to regret it. To, to be reasonable, a handful of replies on a tweet are not indicative of the majority of people. But I have to assume that there are going to be a lot of people who will not back down and will do whatever they can to make sure that the way they, you know, their worldview and what they want to do is not destroyed, is not stopped, and they won't stand for what the left has been doing. I mean, we're hearing crazy things in media all day, every day. The culture war is escalating to something untenable. Politics is downstream from culture. So certainly you had to have realized that the culture war would only beget political war. And that was the point I was making the whole time. Years ago, when I was reading an article from The Atlantic that said civil war was, 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 uh, there was a good potential for it because security experts from around the world were warning we were getting dangerously close. And this was years ago. I said, the culture war is escalating. People are calling for, well, I'm, I'm not going to get into the specifics of, specifics of the culture war too much. I don't want to uh, get banned from YouTube. But look at the conversation I had with Jack Dorsey. You got censorship issues. You've got people being banned, getting shut down. People are losing their voice. And at the same time, things are happening to kids. And there's, there's, there's so much news about what's going on. The world views of the left and the right have become so far divided, especially with this election. I believe the November 3rd election was the final spike driven right between the two worlds, severing it in, in, in two. And as the CEO of Axios said, the decoupling, he fears a decoupling of America will happen and there will be two Americas. I think that's where we're headed. Parlor.com skyrocketing as conservatives flock to their own place to speak about what's going on. And people on the left mock and belittle and try to get Parlor banned. But this tactic only works for so long. The idea that you can suppress conservative news outlets, that you can suppress conservative speakers and shut down any company that dares to give these people a voice. Eventually, they become too powerful for you to just shut down. And that's when I said we would likely start seeing parallel economies, people going to certain stores, avoiding certain stores, people donating to certain causes and, you know, targeting with various legal tactics, other causes. But the point is. With the culture war, 
We saw movies getting woke and going broke, brands getting woke and going broke, people saying, you know, the diversity and inclusion and equity lie and all these things and fighting with it. Eventually, that reaches the political landscape. Several years ago, I was having a conversation with some DC pundits who told me it was impossible for a civil war in this country to ever happen. And I said, you don't understand where this goes or why. And they said the government would never allow it. What happens when the culture war reaches the highest level of government? I mean, Donald Trump is already president. And they were like, oh, it won't happen. There are people in the intelligence agencies who are pro-Trump. And there are many who are anti-Trump. The culture war is an ideological war. And culture is, uh, politics is downstream from culture. What that means, as cultural issues develop and a split happens between two cultures, Eventually, those issues reach the political space, and then our political world fractures in two, and that happened. And that's what this is right now. Lynn Wood is not some random individual. He is a high-profile pro-Trump lawyer who got 14,000 retweets on a call for martial law to avoid a civil war. But if Trump were to declare martial law, it would mean civil war. And maybe it's already happened. I said this during the riots when the attorney general for Oregon sued the federal government to stop them from from enforcing the law. That's that's nuts. If this erupts into actual hot conflict and chaos, they will certainly say civil war started a long time ago, a year ago, two years ago, three, four, even could have started with Russiagate. And depending on who wins, that's who will write the narrative. Or maybe there will just be two narratives as there currently are. The two Americas are split and they're splitting further and further every day. Right now, I can show you an image of Trump with, you know, spray tan, but not a bright orange face and say there is evidence of widespread voter fraud that needs to be investigated. That seems to be the right wing world. And that's why they call me right wing, even though my politics are actually pretty left. I mean, economically, like I'm pretty far left. People don't realize this because I don't do segments talking about policy for the most part. I praised the Green New Deal early on until they loaded it with critical race theory garbage. Anyway, I digress. On the left, they say unproven conspiracies, no evidence of voter fraud. Trump lost. It's over. But that's not true. There's two universes. In one, Joe Biden is already the president. He's building his team and we will all move on. In the other, Donald Trump is the president. The election was stolen and Trump must declare martial law. The split is getting worse. That's the point of this segment. The rift is getting worse. It's it's worse than I've ever seen it. For the right uh, to say we need martial law before civil war. The left is, doesn't understand what I, I suppose maybe they do, but they just view themselves, I guess, as mainstream and normal when in fact they're not. They're their own political bubble. The biggest bubble in this country is leave me alone, bring back sports probably. But now we have your pro-Trump or your anti-Trump. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not saying civil war is guaranteed. I'm just saying someone flicked the dominoes. They're falling over. I don't know if it's China. I don't know if it's Russia. Not sure entirely matters. What matters is what we do to work together, to stay unified, to protect this country, prevent this kind of conflict. But I wonder if it's too late. I don't trust Joe Biden. I think Joe Biden is selling us out to China. I think outside of all these conspiracies, there is a there is a simple fact For the past several decades, our politicians have been eroding our manufacturing base through free trade agreements. Many of these companies were were sending their jobs overseas to China in a massive waste of energy and mass production of carbon emissions just to get a cheaper deal and, you know, cheaper labor from from Chinese workers. You don't got to pay them benefits. 
So over a, dec- a few decades, our, our, our manufacturing base was destroyed. We don't produce our own medicines anymore. We don't produce our own vitamin C. We don't produce anything. The supply chain was fractured by COVID, and it was hard to even buy a bicycle. Now we're trying to build all this back up. What do you think Joe Biden's going to do? Same old, same old. He will, probably on day one, negotiate the U.S. into the revised Trans-Pacific Partnership, sending our jobs back to China. Trump was reversing that. There are people in this country who refuse to let that happen. I'm not saying it's a grand conspiracy. I'm just saying Joe Biden is bad for this country. He's a feckless leader. He, he's, he lacks any, any strength, any charisma. And if Joe Biden becomes president, we will be a leaderless nation. That's what I think is coming. I don't know what this means in, in the immediate future, but I think here's how I feel. Joe Biden will be inaugurated. Trump will not win. Joe Biden is not a leader. He is a hollow figure. He doesn't represent anybody. People voted against Trump. Progressives will hate him. Trump supporters will hate him. And there will be no actual charismatic leader of our country, of our culture. It certainly is not Joe Biden. If anything, it's Bernie Sanders more so than Joe Biden. But Bernie Sanders is too weak to rally the troops, you know, on his side as well. Trump has his supporters and they will not back down. We'll see how that plays out in the long run. But this is serious stuff. And I've been telling you it's going to escalate. And this is an escalation. I'll leave it there. Let me tell you something else. It's going to be my last segment for the day until the Timcast IRL podcast. So make sure you subscribe to youtube.com slash Timcast IRL. We'll be live at 8 p.m. with some, uh, you know, some rather high profile personalities, conservatives, and we'll be talking about things like this. Over the, over the next month or so, I'm going to try out doing only, uh, less, doing less segments between my, my channels. So the next segment will not be up at Timcast News. But in fact, it will be live at 8 p.m. YouTube.com slash Timcast IRL. I am trying to open up some time so I can squeeze in more meaningful work throughout the day. I am not taking a break. I'm not doing less work. I'm in fact doing more work. That means we want to get a vlog channel up. We want to talk about cultural issues, build. We want to generate culture. We want to ask important questions. We want to do fun things and inspire people as sort of a pushback on the craziness that's happened in the political world. That's the goal. So there will be a new channel launching very, very soon. In the meantime, that means I'm going to be splitting my focus between a new channel, my existing channels. So long story short, subscribe to youtube.com slash Timcast IRL, and we will see you live tonight at 8, p- 8 p.m. Thanks for hanging out, and we will see you all then. The Trump campaign will be filing a lawsuit to the Wisconsin Supreme Court challenging 220,000 absentee ballots, saying that Well, many of them were cast well outside the bounds of the law. Sounds a lot like many of the other lawsuits the Trump campaign has filed, but perhaps this was all a part of the plan. You see, Donald Trump spent $3 million on a recount in two districts in Wisconsin. Now, the left and many conservatives mocked Trump after this because the end result of the recount was that Joe Biden gained votes. He was already beating Trump. Trump calls for a recount. Biden gained more votes. I think he gained like 87 or something like that, or maybe like 130. Not that big a deal. But then Trump tweeted out and said, we didn't call for the recount in order to change the numbers. We were looking for fraud. I actually believe Trump in that capacity because what we saw in Georgia already, Trump's calling for signature verification. They're looking for fraud. They've been looking for fraud the whole time. The narrative they've been pushing is fraud. 
And Giuliani just the other day in Arizona said, there's so much fraud, y'all need to appoint your own electors. It is extremely unlikely, in my opinion, based on surface level news and everything I can see, extremely unlikely is an understatement. Trump, I just don't see how he can actually win the Electoral College. So is it possible? Yes, it is. Okay, I know a lot of people don't like it when I say this. They say, you know, I'm giving up or whatever. I'm not a diehard MAGA flag waving guy. It's just, it's not going to happen. I'm looking right now at what's going on, what's being said. And I mentioned this. Okay, Trump's path to victory right now is state legislatures choosing to appoint their own electors or disputing the results of the election in their state. Trump needs three states. The Keystone state, quite literally, Pennsylvania, is extremely important, but not absolutely necessary. But it was his it it was basically his path. Here's what's happening. The PA state legislature has said they will not have enough time to actually pass a joint resolution disputing the election. And thus, it ain't going to happen. Now, they might not need to. So so I'll put it this way. In, 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 In looking at it formally, the way the system's supposed to function, Trump can't pull it off. Pennsylvania is not going to uh, hold a session because they need five days, they said. But Trump still could get three other states. I think if he got Michigan, Wisconsin, and Arizona, I think that would be enough to put Joe Biden at 269. And then it goes to a contingent election and Trump wins. I think the odds of this are astronomical. When I was talking about the PA state legislature and how they made a move to actually give their votes to Trump, I said only 26 members of the of the Pennsylvania House supported the move and only eight senators. There's 203 representatives in Pennsylvania's House and there's 50 senators in Pennsylvania Senate. They didn't even have a majority of the Republicans supporting this. So I was like, the likelihood that it happens is just not enough time. Now people are saying maybe they can call a special session. I don't know about that. But but it might not need to be a formal approach. So look, at a certain point, and I've said this many times too, too many people are playing the, but wait, Trump can still win game. And that's what they were doing with Hillary Clinton. And yes, I get it. It's true. Nobody wants to give up. And I respect that. I don't think Trump should stop fighting. I think he should fight tooth and nail and challenge this because we've got serious election security problems. I just, I think winning isn't so much about and I've said this before, again, I've said a lot of things before. This this battle isn't about Trump getting more votes. It's a battle between the political establishment and the populist insurgent candidate. They are pulling out all the stops. They are playing dirty games. Can Trump win? I'm not convinced. I'm not. There's a, there's a million and one ways Trump could probably find a way to, be, to, to stay president. Some of them I would just call like illegal or extra legal. Like there's, there's, there's an infinite number of ways. The issue is, what can Trump really do to actually retain power to stay in the presidency? At this point, he's doing it. We have this lawsuit. We've got Trump calling, you know, Trump, the, uh, the Trump campaign lawyers, Rudy Giuliani, for instance, calling on other states to appoint their own electors. Here's what I think could possibly happen. On January 6th, that's when Congress counts the votes. Let's say Pennsylvania doesn't hold a session. Let's say the, the governor and the secretary of state, Democrats, send the Democrat electors for Joe Biden. They cast their votes on December 14th. Everyone says it's over. Trump go home. Trump says no. January 6th is the day 
that a joint session of Congress is held to count the Electoral College votes. There was already a memorandum published by the House of their intent to file calling the election in dispute. They did not have a majority. They had, uh, like I said, only 26 individuals. But maybe some Republican says the House in Pennsylvania tried calling this election in dispute, and therefore I, I reject their electors. A lot of things could happen. The system is made up of people, and it's not computer code, right? If someone says, you can't stand here, it's trespassing, you can literally walk over it. You choose to do it. It's another person that'll stop you. So we could, like, look, to under, you could have all of Congress decide we're not going to count the votes. We're going to do a polka dance instead. It's not going to happen. You know, you know what I mean? But the point is, humans can do what humans want. The system is basically about confidence. If people decide to make a move, then so be it. Now, over on the dark web side of things, I get a lot of these messages from people saying things like, you got to pay attention to what's going on in the dark web, Trump's secret war against the deep state and all this stuff. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry, man. That is just, there's no photos. There's no videos. There's just people posting these crazy theories. And uh, nah, um, uh-uh, mm-mm. But uh, it would be fun to imagine Trump is buying time because there's a war going on. Michael Flynn's leading the charge. Helicopters, you know, shooting at people and they're like rolling. And they have like the secret USB data disk proving once and for all the election's been stolen. Yeah, too much like an action movie, not enough like real life. Real life is boring. Real life is Donald Trump filing this lawsuit trying to challenge these ballots. Perhaps if these ballots are challenged and they present evidence of fraud, then Wisconsin legislatures might say, Okay, we're not we're 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 in dispute. Let me show you. uh, I think I have I have the yeah here the New York Times map. Let's play a game real quick. Can Trump still win? You know I know the left is going to get they they get mad about this. Just submit, except you've you've been defeated. Joe Biden is president elect. I've I've been saying over and over again that it's like ninety nine point nine percent Joe Biden. I'm just saying that there is a chance that Trump could win. Now, before, like a couple weeks ago, I was saying Trump's chance of winning is greater than, you know, zero. So it was like one or two percent, maybe like a decent chance. I don't know about right now. And there's a lot of things he could do. And it's kind of crazy how the system is set up to prevent, you know, uh, I, I don't I don't know how to maybe prevent is the wrong word. The system is set up in a way that allows strange paths to power and Probably a good thing. They're safeguards. Maybe a bad thing. I don't know. Check it out. So Pennsylvania, the, Pen- the PA GOP legislature leaders stiff team Trump. We're gone for the holidays. You know, they're not going to be holding a session. They said they need three days to pass a, a resolution and five days for a joint resolution. So it ain't going to happen. All right. Let's say Trump can't flip Pennsylvania. That's 20 electoral votes. What has he got? Well, Georgia, I don't know what Georgia's doing. I don't think, you know, Georgia is... Uh, uh, you know, Brian Kemp and, and, and Raffensperger, the Republicans, but they're basically feuding with the Trump campaign. I don't see that happening. Michigan, however, was, you know, Trump lost by nearly 150,000 votes. So I can't imagine that Michigan goes in dispute, except for the fact that there was already the conflict with the Wayne County State Canvas Board. Uh, I'm sorry, the Wayne County Canvas Board and the State Canvas Board. So maybe Michigan, for some reason, goes into dispute. Let's say Trump disputes Michigan, 16. Wisconsin, 10. That means Biden already drops down to 280. And then you have Arizona, 11, putting Joe Biden at 269. No one wins 270. Contingent election is held. Donald Trump can win. Just because I'm saying he can doesn't mean I'm saying he will. I'm letting you know those are those are the actual statistical numbers. But I feel kind of like uh, uh, Nate Silver in, in, in a bit where it's like, 
you know, Trump can't win. And like, it's a less than 1% chance. Vegas has Trump winning the electoral, uh, winning the presidency at like 10%. And predicted has Trump at like 11 cents a share down from 13. Like, you can still buy it. I guess people just won't count the man out. But 10%? Doesn't that seem crazy? I don't think Trump has a 10% chance to win. That's the odds he's getting in the, uh, over at electionbettingodds.com. I think that's Vegas. To me, that's, that's absolutely insane. You want to call it the deep state? You want to call it, you call it whatever you want. I don't see Trump winning. Get mad at me if you want. I'm sorry. That's just my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. Here's what's going on with these, uh, with these ballots. Fox News reports, the lawsuit is expected to be filed Tuesday morning and comes after Wisconsin completed its partial recount, which maintained that Joe Biden won the presidential race in the state. The Trump campaign's Wisconsin legal team, led by former Wisconsin Circuit Court Judge Jim Troupas, told Fox News that while the recount in the state did not flip in President Trump's favor, it gave the campaign the unique ability to examine ballots. Exposing exactly how the election processes were abused in Wisconsin holds enormous value for this election beyond a victory for President Trump. But the fact is, our state's electoral votes likely won't change the overall outcome. Troopas told Fox News, regardless, we're demonstrating that the results of this election unequivocally ought to be questioned. This is why, in my opinion, Trump should not stop fighting. Now, apparently he's getting a good amount of donations. You go to the mainstream media and they'll say, Trump raises more than 150 million appealing to false election claims. You pop over to just the news. Trump raises at least 150 million since election day as supporters back election litigation. Just the news headline is like the real news. The, the, the Washington Post, what they're putting out is, is biased. And that's the way it typically is. But anyway, the accusation from the left is that Trump is just milking money out of his supporters to pay his campaign debts and then walk away from this. And you know what? Maybe, I don't know. I don't know Trump. Maybe that's what, maybe, maybe that's the case. Maybe Trump supporters don't care. This is the big question you got, you, you know, people got to ask, do the donors care? Now the left will come out and say, Trump's stealing money from his supporters. And they'll all face Palm and say, how are Trump supporters so dumb? And Trump supporters are going to be like, I would give Trump a hundred dollars to order himself a, a, you know, beer and pizza. If Trump wants to take, needs my support for whatever, they're going to support him and they're going to be happy to do it, whatever he does with the money. I'm sure there are some people who want to see evidence of fraud. There's apparently one case where a guy donated like millions of dollars to some political action committee, and then they never produce anything. So he's suing them, but he's not suing Trump. I think Trump supporters love Trump. And I think they would gladly get if Trump came out and said, my friends, I need money to pay my debts. People would donate. (laughs) They'd be like, you got it, Trump. We're here for you. You were here for us. So I think Trump legitimately wants to fight because Trump legitimately wants to win. I think Trump is going to spend as much money as he can and do everything in his power to try and win because I think he wants to. Now, the left and the media will tell you that Trump never wanted to be president in the first place. It's all a big scam. Oh, yeah. The billionaire who's got his name in gold letters on skyscrapers all over the planet was trying to scam me. You know, even conservatives have said things like there's like some Republicans, but, you know, kind of never Trumpers that are like, you need to recognize when you're being conned. Dude, they're rich. The Trumps are rich. They'll always be rich. Trump's a billionaire. You can say he's got too much debt. Trump says his buildings are under leveraged. Look, regardless, man, even if Trump has massive debt, he's going to be rich forever. That's what people need to understand. Maybe he won't be a billionaire anymore. I mean, the dude's 74. Does, is he really going to care now? He's gonna, he, he could go to Mar-a-Lago. He can play golf and he's good. You got... His net worth is in the billions. People say, but he's broke. That's why he borrowed money for his campaign. He borrowed money for his campaign because you don't spend your own money. I mean, yeah, you don't. 
Like there are a lot of rich people. They take out loans to buy property because why are they going to put up all that money when they don't need to? That's that's that, that's the name of the game with a lot of rich people collecting liabilities and assets and stacking them up. The more money you have, the more you know debt you can take out. It's kind of like how the Fed <laughs> the money supply works in this country. So um, I just I just don't see it. Anyway, let's let's keep leaving. Uh, let's keep reading. The legal team also said the suit highlights a lack of transparency and credibility on part of local election officials and their willful disregard of the law on multiple occasions and added that the state's laws and processes gave it the unique ability to illustrate this abuse with precision. The campaign claims officials on the Wisconsin Election Commission and the city clerks of Milwaukee and Madison willfully dis- disregarded the current statute and made conscious efforts to circumvent Wisconsin election law resulting in tens of thousands of votes cast well outside the bounds of Wisconsin law. It also asserts that it also asserts the law was violated on several occasions through what it described as altered certification absentee ballot envelopes, a lack of required absentee ballot applications, unlawful claims of indefinite confinement and voting events called democracy in the park. Wisconsin law requires that written absentee ballot request forms must be submitted ahead of the voter casting their absentee ballot. But the Trump campaign claimed that election officials instead accepted ballots without the required absentee applications on file. So how do you vote absentee, getting an absentee ballot, having never requested it? That's I'm sorry, man. There's just which came first, chicken and the egg. Okay, you got to request the ballot in order to actually send it in. That makes no sense. And they're counting them. The Wisconsin state legislature has explicitly required an application a Trump campaign official told Fox News, saying it is mandatory and any ballots without an application or with an incomplete application are not to be counted. The campaign said ballots cast without the initial absentee ballot applications on file must be called into question. I, I agree. Absolutely. Next, the campaign pointed to Wisconsin law, which requires any ballots that are incorrectly filled out, missing information or damaged to be returned to the voter to correct and resubmit. But the lawsuit alleges municipal clerks were illegally altering ballot envelopes themselves. In many instances, witnesses, ad- witness addresses were left off of the envelopes and clerks using their own knowledge and searching in unknown databases f- filled in the information themselves. A campaign official told Fox News, according to the statute, that this is illegal. OK, OK, this is why Trump needs to keep pushing this. We have now uncovered violations of the election code. Viol- uh, uh, I mean, in many different states, widespread evidence of widespread fraud and evidence of widespread irregularity. I am not saying that Trump is correct, that he lost the election due to widespread voter fraud. I do not believe that has been proven. And I think that, you know, people who are jumping the gun and saying that, you know, all this evidence proves it. What we've seen so far is there is voter fraud. Or I sh- I'm sorry, I'm sorry. There, w- Actually, yeah, there is voter fraud. Uh, there have been s- several instances where people have like admitted to voting twice and we have the Heritage uh, Foundation's database on voter fraud. What we're learning from this, however, is that there is evidence of widespread voter fraud, notably from Matt Brainerd of the Voter Integrity Project. There are people who have voted twice. Apparently, Stephen Crowder did a whole segment on how apparently, you know, he someone voted for him, I guess. So it does happen. And it's because of Trump's fight we're uncovering this. And thanks to Trump, whether he wins or not, He is helping to clean up the process. I know it sounds funny, right? Because the mainstream media is saying he's undermining the process. What? The process of cheating? The fact that no one cared about our elections before? This is the crazy thing to me. Yeah, nobody did. Think about it. Wisconsin holds an election. They don't follow their own laws. And they go, yeah, whatever. Who cares? 
That's it. We're supposed to accept that people people gotten lazy in Pennsylvania. What they were doing with the observers is psychotic. So you get observers coming, right? They're counting these ballots. They tell the observers you can be in the building, but you got to be like 50 feet away. The observers can't see anything. You're supposed to be looking at the ballot and saying like, "Okay, yeah, that one is for Trump. No, no, no. That one's for Trump. Instead, they're just staring from far away going, "Uh uh-huh. Great. And a judge ruled the election code says observers need to be there. It doesn't say how far away they need to be. That judge was basically saying, I know the purpose of the law, but you, I don't actually care. No, no sane person passes a law saying an observer should be somewhere in the building as if they could be sleeping in the corner with a dunce cap on. And that qualifies as meaningful observation of ballots. No, we need substantial. Uh, we need way more scrutiny on this stuff. And again, thanks to Trump's lawsuits, all of this is being brought up. And we're going to have, uh, hopefully, the elections become very, uh, I don't know, strict. They say, quote, if the certificate or envelope is missing a witness address, the ballot cannot be counted until the voter corrects the error, plain and simple. Instead, election officials decided to take the law into their own hands. These ballots were fraudulently completed and counted, and the illegal ballots should not count toward the certification vote totals. The lawsuit also alleges voters were fraudulently allowed by election officials to circumvent voter ID by claiming they were indefinitely confined. The status of indefinite confinement in Wisconsin is intended for voters who are physically ill, infirm, elderly, or disabled, and for those who are unable to vote in person under those terms. The campaign claimed that due to the confusion and misinformation from Democratic election officials amid the COVID pandemic, many voters requested that status, even though they definitely were not confined. This allowed voters abusing the status to vote without providing identification as required by law. The campaign said that in March, Democrat election officials falsely told voters they could claim this status because of the pandemic, but said that was later struck down by the Wisconsin Supreme Court. The Trump campaign said that from 2016 to 2020, the number of indefinitely confined voters increased dramatically, nearly 600 percent in Dane County and about 500 percent in Milwaukee County. The lawsuit also will claim that clerks did not do their due diligence to remove voters fraudulently claiming that status and made no good faith effort to check publicly available information and remove indefinite confinement permissions from illegitimate voters. The lawsuit alleges that anyone who cast a ballot under the terms of indefinite confinement without meeting that criteria did so fraudulently, and therefore their illegal ballots must not be counted. Meanwhile, the campaign also alleged that the city of Madison created unlawful polling locations at over 200 locations throughout the city's democracy in the park voting events, and said the ballots accepted at these events were illegally cast. The campaign claimed the polling locations were held outside the county's approved polling locations and did not follow the state's strict absentee voting requirements. That is it right there. That is how the Democrats cheated this election. I'm going to say it. I know YouTube's going to get mad at me. Cheating is, you know, changing the rules or breaking the rules in a way to favor yourself. They weren't supposed to be. They weren't allowed to be. And it was illegal to do much of what they did. But listen, while people are saying that Dominion and USB cards and like helicopters and stuff, while they're alleging that there's larger conspiracies at play, maybe, I don't know, show me the evidence. Show me the evidence. I'll happily report on it for now. I can tell you this. The Democrats had been changing the rules the entire time. They had been, you know, mail-in voting, for instance, was being pushed in 2019 in Pennsylvania. The Republicans in Pennsylvania passed Act 77, 
No excuse mail-in voting in October 2019, well before COVID. They're holding voting events in the park. They were getting regular people who didn't know or didn't care to come out to events to get them to vote. They were going door to door to get them to vote. That's the name of the game. That's how it was stolen. Now, that's actually illegal, a lot of what they did. And Trump has the opportunity to challenge them, and he should. Maybe he will overturn Wisconsin. Nothing's been overturned just yet. The dominoes are not falling. The doors have not been kicked in. So we shall see. But it seems like, look, man, it's it's December 1st. The safe harbor provisions are the 8th. Maybe Trump can pull it off. Maybe a revolt happens. But I've been saying it all the way through. Joe Biden presidency. I think that will be the worst thing for this country. And I said it the other day. I say a lot of things again. huh? Joe Biden unites no one. Everybody hates Joe Biden, except for the neo-lib corporate Democrat types, populists, libertarians, moderates. Nobody likes Joe Biden. Joe Biden won because the Democrats changed the rules to benefit themselves because there's widespread impropriety at the very least. Uh, you know, I mean, actually, what I should say is widespread irregularities contribute to uh, Joe Biden winning. But I am not saying there's evidence of fraud. I'm trying to be very, very careful. The point is impropriety and irregularity. What I mean to say is democracy in the park. When they hold these special events, when they're going door to door, when you see allegations of ballot harvesting, there is fraud. I don't know if it's widespread enough to have flipped it, but the Democrats, as I've said, changed all the rules and then used the system for all it's worth. Joe Biden, he will have won because people didn't like Trump and because the Democrats did these massive campaigns. But is anyone going to rally behind him? No. But they will rally behind Trump even in defeat. Joe Biden will not unite anybody. Instead, all of the Trump supporters and the progressives will now all point their fingers at Joe Biden because now with Trump out of power, why would the progressives be concerned at all? Maybe they'll still complain about Trump rallies or something. But I got to imagine as we all start ragging on Joe Biden, it's going to align everybody against him. Maybe that will be the true great unifier. We'll see how it plays out. They, they end the story by saying in his first interview since, you know, uh, the election, Trump claimed it was election fraud. It was a rigged election. They say Trump also appeared to acknowledge that his legal bid to overturn the election results probably wouldn't reach the U.S. Supreme Court, which has been the goal of his legal team. And that's in Pennsylvania. So I tell you, man, I thought it was a lottery, lottery tickets chance that Trump won two weeks ago. Now, it's astronomical. Maybe. I just don't see it. I'm sorry, man. And get mad at me if you want. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. For the first time since, I don't know, a really long time, you can see the whole room behind me. And you're getting a full frame view of me and not some article because this video is about upcoming changes to this channel and very important issues pertaining to culture, this country and changes I'm going to be making here for myself, but also just because some things need to change. My friends, I am probably uh, going to be trying out something new this month to see how things roll. And I'm not going to be producing a 1 p.m. segment on this channel or the 6 p.m. segments for the time being. So what's going to happen is it's going to be a 10 a.m. segment on this channel, a 4 p.m. segment on my other channel, which is youtube.com slash timcast. It is, in fact, not the same as this one. I have three channels, Timcast IRL, 
Timcast News, and Timcast. This is Timcast News. I'll do a 10 a.m. segment. You wake up. You know, what's the news? What did we miss overnight? Then we do a 4 p.m. segment on my main channel, which is the bigger story with bigger context. And then live at 8 p.m. is the Timcast IRL podcast. And there's a couple of important reasons why this is happening. And it has to do with making the world a better place. First, uh, I think at a certain point, just producing content that complains about stuff over and over again, it's always highlighting negative things. And, and unfortunately, that's just a look. When I see a news story, I think it's important. I want to talk about it. It's usually something that's worrisome, negative, that I think people should know about. But this creates this, this feedback loop that everybody engages in of, of all, you know, constant negativity. You know, the framing of videos, the titling of videos, the subject matter itself is often particularly like, hey, look, a bad thing happened or this thing happened. It's like, ah, it's scary. And that's just the nature of news. It's the saying, if it bleeds, it leads. There are certain instances where, I, you know, I, I've noticed I do this. Many other people do this. Where you'll see something like uh, a story, Donald Trump wins lawsuit. And then I, I'll see that and go, whoa, that's amazing. And then when the update happens and it's like it's been kicked back, there's no update. You know, I, I don't do a video then saying breaking news. Donald Trump loses on appeal. Usually I'll follow up with that in a different video or something because I, I try to make sure I'm giving the full context. But to, to sum it up, I might do a video that says, you know, Donald Trump wins massive lawsuit. And then, you know, four hours later, they appeal, Trump loses. And then I won't lead a video with that story because it's a negligible piece or something like that. Or I don't think it's that important. That's my bias. That's 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 one of these issues. I, I think that's bad for everybody. And I think something that's been going on for a long time. So there's no real way to solve that. Just, you know, pointing that out. There is something I can do to kind of make things up. So I've been talking quite a bit about doing a vlog channel. And the goal of this is going to be generating culture. Having a culture built around complaining about things is not a good thing. Now, to be reasonable, I think it's important that I and many others will highlight things we think are important. And I think it's really important. Uh, I think what I do is important because I constantly read fake news all day, every day, and I'm trying to figure out what's true and then share it with everyone else. So, you know, when I see a story from CNN or The New York Times and it turns out to be bunk bogus BS, then I'm like, hey, look, I fact check this. Here's what's really happening. And here's my take on it. Here are my opinions. But of course, I have my bias. And it's important that everyone, you know, go and watch other people's content, especially left-leaning uh, content creators to see what their take is, and then determine if you think they were correct or incorrect. But outside of all of this, you've got a political commentary atmosphere that's been bubbling up for the past several years, getting crazier and crazier, like a roller coaster ride. And to be honest, like everything is centered around Trump for the most part. But what we're losing is well, it's culture, right? If we, if I talk about all day and night how the left dominates cultural institutions and then don't do anything about it, all I'm doing is sitting here and complaining and saying, why won't someone do something? Why won't someone do something? Well, most of you are probably aware that I play music. I put out a music video. I skateboard and I skate a lot. And I've got this space where we're setting things up. And I think there's 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 ways to have fun be productive and actually help. I was watching a skate video and this dude was super good. And guess what? On his mini ramp is it's his mini ramp is the Gadsden flag. That is that is the don't tread on me snake. And I was like, that's it, right? There are a lot of skateboarders that are all about freedom, individuality. And outside of that, I think we need healthy masculinity brought back into the equation. You may have seen the conversations I've had with Jack Murphy on the IRL podcast. So herein lies the big problem. 
the way I work, the way I produce content, doing 10 a.m., 1 p.m., 4 p.m., 6, 6.15, 6.30, then 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., it's literally my entire day is consumed with reading news, breaking down what's going on, and then typically complaining about something. The, the, the way I jokingly tell people, it's like I'm always complaining about Democrats for some reason. I have complaints about Republicans, too, but as Hotep Jesus said, what do they do? Like, I don't know what they're doing that I can actually complain all that much. They do things to complain about. Don't get me wrong. It's just typically uh, it's for me. I'm up. I, I take issue with Democrats, critical race theory, identitarianism. So we watch these things happen over over the past decade or so. We've seen things like Gamergate. We've seen movies get woke. We've seen brands go broke. And for the most part, a lot of people just keep producing commentary. And it's one of the big mistakes I think conservatives have. Uh, but well, I shouldn't say mistakes, but one of the big problems on the right is that conservatives Conservatives don't do journalism and conservatives don't do culture. I I, I mean it. I mean, look, there are some conservatives that are in the arts. Chris Pratt, very famously, you know, he wore the Gadsden flag shirt. He got attacked for it. He gets defended by other celebrities because he's a nice guy. But he's my understanding is he's a religious conservative guy and he's cool dude. He works in these movies. These movies are all produced by cultural leftists, music produced by cultural leftists. And it's getting boring. It's stagnating. It's not interesting. And so what do we what we need? Well, for one, I see these skateboarders and I I mentioned that guy's got the Gadsden flag ramp. It's awesome. The dude's really good at skating. And I see many skateboarders that are individualist, that are are passionate about what they do. And many of them supported Trump, not not some bigoted, angry, whatever. Now, these are regular people who do cool things and inspire young people. So here's what I'm thinking about. If all I do every day is just talk about this stuff, is that all we have? And what are we doing to inspire the next generation? What are we doing in the arts? What are we doing in culture? Jack Posobiec of One American News has a comic agent. Uh, I think it's Special Agent Poso. And it's it's funny. It's I believe it's supposed to be kind of tug in cheek. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry if I'm disrespecting you, Jack. No, the comic's kind of funny. On the cover, Jack's like he's a special secret agent and he's holding a gun and the gun's got this weird fake silencer. And I laughed at it and said, what is that? And he was like, I know, I know. It's funny. It's funny. So uh, but there's a real attempt at some kind of culture. You've got many actors who are trying to put together films and they're increasing the quality. I don't consider myself conservative, although the left apparently does. I'm not. I'm actually, you know, center left independent. But I'm thinking about when there's a kid who watches a video, is someone who's 12 to 18 going to be interested in watching a video where I'm like, the Democrats, Nancy Pelosi signed a bill. And it's like, they don't know or care about any of that. So all I'm doing is complaining and being a grumpy old man, like, oh, the kids run my lawn again. And just we're all aging together, complaining about the things we don't like and that are causing us problems or that are bad for the world, things that we should focus on and fix. As adults and reasonable, mature adults, we want to focus on these things to improve the world that I get. But at the same time, what are we doing for the next generation to show them you can be an individual, you can be cool. There is a community that is inspired and passionate, doing fun and exciting things and going on those adventures. There's probably, as I imagine, a bunch of, you know, uh, teenage uh, teenagers, young men and women who are looking for something bigger than themselves, looking for some kind of purpose, looking for passion. And some of them do get into politics. You'll see like young Republic, uh, young Republicans, for instance. But for the most part, so long as Hollywood and, and, and radio shows, I mean, I guess, and, uh, YouTube, it's all, and, and Twitch, it's all just culturally leftist outside of politics. This is why you end up with 80 million plus votes for Joe Biden. 
Look, I get it. Outside of all of the irregularities and evidence of fraud, which does exist, you you have a, a there's a big reason why people did go vote for Biden, and they absolutely did, and there was a lot of them. We'll see how things play out. We'll see if there's an investigation. The point is, you get some young person. All they do is watch, you know, regular TV with their parents, or they play Minecraft, or they're on YouTube. They're not watching content like stuff from me. And more importantly, YouTube silos off our, you know, space from other spaces. That means the kids who are interested in playing video games and hanging out and having a good time are looking up to typically some kind of leftist because the left controls the cultural institutions. So then uh, uh, the question I had was, first and foremost, what am I doing for myself? What's the point of all of this if all I'm doing is reading news and getting wrapped up in this all day? And I thought I need more time to have fun, but to do something with that fun. And the bigger question was, because I put that off, I'm like, no, 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 I can work. You know, I can be, I can be the guy hiking up the mountain, you know, bringing back the boulders or whatever to break, you know, or from the quarry, the rocks from the quarry to build. I can do the hard work to make sure that other people can do better. But I started thinking about, is this going to be inspirational to people, to younger people? Are they going to be excited? Do they want to grow up to sit here and, and talk about politics on YouTube? For the most part, I don't think so. Some do. I've met young people like, wow, you have a fit, you have a big YouTube channel. I'm so excited. That's so cool. And then I say, look, there's a bunch of other stuff in music that uh, in, in short films, in art, production, video games, we, we need we need more. Uh, not necessarily conservatives, but individualist, libertarian types producing content, telling people to be responsible for yourself, to work hard and be successful through your hard work. We're not going to get that out of the next generation if we, for the most part, just do polit- politics and complain and things like this. So while we for, I, I shouldn't speak for anyone, anyone but myself, I just feel like while I'm sitting here for, for you know, doing 14, 16 hours a day talking about news, something is is missing. And I, I look through my uh, my analytics, you know, I'm looking at the demographics. And for the most part, it's like 18 plus. The biggest demographic I have of viewers is 25 to 34 or 20. Was it 24 to 35? Whatever that bracket. And I'm like, well, what about 18 to 24? Yeah, that's the next biggest, actually. And then it's and then it's, you know, the older crowd. But I'm like, what about people under 18? They're not going to want to watch this stuff. So how do we tell that, you know, 16 year old kid who just bought a skateboard or that's, or who's looking for something to do? Hey, man, figure it out for yourself. Build something yourself. You know, start figuring out what you want to do and you can build something great if you work hard. Well, if we're not doing that, who is? Leftists. They're playing video games. They're playing among us. You've got AOC. Look, I, I, I'm very critical of her, but she is a genius when it comes to getting that pop culture celebrity. It's a fact. You can, you can disrespect her when it comes to policy. And I think she's lacking what, what we have in spades. We're really good uh, at understanding the news and analyzing all this stuff. And she's actually really good at riling up social media followers and having them laugh and even criticize her. That is a talent. Even And Donald Trump has it also in spades. What do we have going on in, in this YouTube space and with what we think is someone like me sees what's happening in the world. And I think, you know, people need to be responsible for themselves. They need to work hard. How do we how do we instill this in people? We talk about it. We say, hey, but it kind of feels like we're the PTA meeting. You know what I mean? Like we're the adults being like, if only people did this and we, we agree with each other. But kids are growing up and they're watching AOC get 10 million followers. And that's inspirational. And and I'm not saying it's it's the worst thing in the world. I just I wish she was better on policy than she is. But well, that's power that's missing from the equation. 
So here's what I'm saying in this long rant. I am going to be producing uh, less on this channel. So 10 a.m. will be this will be the big morning segment, most likely. And then I'll do a 4 p.m. segment on my other channel, youtube.com slash Timcast. And then we'll do the live show on IRL. But with the extra time I will be generating, we're going to be putting together a vlog. I got a garage skate park I just built. Go to my Instagram, go to Instagram.com slash Timcast. And uh, you, you can see it. We just put up a Gadsden flag. It's, it's an amazing thing. Okay. It just represents freedom and liberty and it's telling the authoritarian, the tyrannical to back off. We're going to have events. We're going to play music, but we're going to be incorporating some kind of politics in, in everything we do. Not to like berate people or beat them over the head, but you know, when, when I have a vlog guest who's, look, I'll put it this way. I want to have offensive comedians. I want to bring on people like Ryan Long, fly out people like Count Dankula, and have that offensive comedy be something. It's like, listen, they want to cancel you. They want to fire you. They want to destroy your jobs. We're chilling. We got a million plus subs. We got a big old vlog channel. We got sponsors. We got drinks. We got all that fun stuff. You can come hang out, skate and laugh, and you're not going to get canceled. That's what we need to put together. We need to tell the younger generation, you can have fun. You don't got to be a dainty little snowflake. You don't got to be constantly offended to fit in. You can actually be offensive and fit in because we make fun of each other all the time. And it's funny. I don't know if you were watching the IRL podcast last night. We had Heshi Tischler and he was constantly making fun of Ian and it was funny. And then he turned around and said, no, you know, I I love you. And so that's kind of the thing. We want to be able to, you know, uh, play the circle game without being accused of being Nazis or whatever. We want to just have a good time. We want to get, you know, off-road vehicles and do backflips and just be like, we know what's up in this world. We know what freedom means. We know what ignoring this means. So we're going to be putting together this vlog channel. I got construction going on right now. The ramp skate park's all just built. We're looking to hire somebody to actually start producing the vlogs. We've got a few names in mind. We'll see. It's not super easy to afford, you know, like just dumping money into a project. We don't know exactly how exactly it will work or if we'll be able to attract the the audience. I don't think the people who watch political commentary content are necessarily going to watch skate videos. And that's the thing. It's it's about expanding, doing more and actually trying to solve these problems. So to put it simply, I kind of feel like just sitting around complaining all day. Um, and I, I'm being a little unfair to myself, but, you know, just talking about these things and being like, man, there's crazy stuff going on and it's upsetting. It's not doing anything. You know what I mean? Like, how do we actually do something to solve things? We need to start building culture. Politics is downstream from culture. That's something I think that was from Andrew Breitbart, right? So if if for the most part you go on YouTube and all of the the the, the, the for the most part, the fun, exciting things that kids are into is leftist. Well, then don't be surprised when in 10 years they're all like communists. I'm exaggerating a bit. They'll be be democratic socialists of America or something like that. No, we need to have a a good time. We need to film skate videos. We need to have the Gadsden flag in it. And we need to tell people F you when they're like, that's a symbol of white supremacy. I'll say, no, it's a symbol of opposing tyranny. And that's what it's all about. And I'll stand my ground and we'll have fun doing it. So it's a combination of things. like, Like I mentioned earlier. You know, I wanted to do something for myself. And it's like, what's the point of working, you know, hard and doing this? Well, to be honest, I'm passionate about talking about all this stuff. The music video I put together, you can check it out if you search for Will of the People on on, on YouTube. It's inspired by politics. It's about the cycle of revenge and violence and revolution. And that's cultural. And you get someone to listen to the song. They, they, they like it. They like the animation. And it inspires them to see more. 
There's got to be something outside of this. There are things I want to do, short films, skate videos, video games. We're working on a video game. It's going to be really, really fun. It's a roguelike game and uh, skateboarding. So instead of me just dedicating 14 to 16 hours reading stories and, and talking about it, I want to do a whole array of things that can actually build instead of kind of tear down. I was talking to a researcher who told me that, you know, uh, they, they did, it's the guy from uh, Transparency Tube. You should check it, check it out, it, like analyzes all the channels. And he was saying that YouTube videos are negative. Like that, that's just it. They're negative. You go to leftist channel, you go to conservative channel, you go to moderate channel, whatever, negative, negative. There's, there are a lot of channels in the middle that are kind of neutral, but typically still negative. Something bad, something bad, something bad. That's how news always is. That's in a, in a, in a, in, in a sense, I think destructive, right? So I've got a video that I'm preparing for 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. It is a different channel from this one. And it's talking about, to be honest, civil war, like Trump supporters really angry. And I'm like, you know, constantly talking about this stuff is just, it's, it's just the train we're on. It's, it's, it's this like the snowball rolling down the hill momentum of people constantly th- slinging mud at each other. And so I'm thinking to myself, how can we give some people an outlet to kind of chill, but also inspire young people? And that's the name of the game. So that's what, uh, I'm going to be working on now. It's December. The election is wrapped up. I'm going to be producing. So we have, check it out. 10 a.m. on this channel is my morning segment. Uh, it's, 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 it's about what like flows best and maximizes my ability to work. So, so believe, like, some people said that Tim's, uh, someone commented, I th- it feels like Tim's retiring. Oh, I'm going to be doing way more work. I, I, the problem is I can't go to the bank because I work all day. And so it's like never happens, right? I can't go to the DMV, things like that. Now I'm going to be able to actually do more administrative work, help oversee other projects, expand, make more channels and do more. So it, it comes down to a, to a few different things, right? If I want to do more to grow this beyond just me on the internet, there's got to be a business, like a, a brand behind it. There's got to be other leaders involved. There's got to be other talent involved. And that means I need time to administrate these things. So 10 a.m. on this channel, my morning segment's easy. I wake up. I got all this news from the previous night. And I'm like, man, here's what happened. 4 p.m. throughout the day, news happens, breaking news. That's on the uh, YouTube.com slash TimCast, also known as the Tim Pool channel. But what we do with IRL, we're now going to do something a little bit different. We're going to constantly have guests because the lockdowns are coming back. We want to be prepared in that event. So what we're also going to do is the segments I would typically do on this channel for 1 p.m., 6, 6.15 and 6.30. Yeah, that's how many I do. will just be a part of the IRL show for the most part. We'll probably make that show go a little bit longer some days, but then we'll upload them the next day. So all of that content will basically still exist. What we were originally doing with Timcast IRL was we'd take like five stories and then we would go through them throughout a two hour period and then read super chats. Then we started booking guests because that was always the original intention. But, you know, COVID kind of jammed us up. Now we're going to do the same thing. The stories that I don't do, we're still going to have me doing them. It'll just be on the IRL uh, podcast or maybe it's entirely possible that uh, uh, we use, you know, we move some of the content over this as more of like a clip channel, and then we can put those segments up because they'll still be the legit stories. I'm trying to figure out how to do it properly to make sure everything grows and flourishes and functions well. And I think this is the best path forward. That being said, thanks for listening for 20 minutes. The idea is to try it out, see if it works. If it's not sustainable, I'm not going to sacrifice everything just to like, you know, make some dramatic change. But I have to admit, there's got to be some way to build culture. And I want to I want to do it. OK, check. Do this, you know, as, as I wrap this up, go to uh, 
uh, search this on YouTube, Will of the People, Tim Cast. Check out the video and watch it. It's not just a song. It's a short film. Maybe the song isn't the best song in the world, whatever. Song I wrote. I wrote the lyrics. I sang it. I played the guitar. And it is a short film. We want to make short films. I want to make short films that, that tell someone and, and, and express a point. I want to produce culture that conveys ideas because politics is downstream from culture. If we aren't engaging in building culture, then eventually the politics gets washed away. And that's the advantage the left has. That being said, I ended up still producing a 1 p.m. segment, though, whatever. I'll leave it there. Next segment will be at 4 p.m. Check out that song, Will of the People. And uh, you can also then go to youtube.com slash Timcast. It's a different channel from this one. I'll say it again. Literally, it's not the same channel. Type it in youtube.com slash Timcast. Different channel. 4 p.m. And it's a heavy story, man. The stuff I'm seeing. I'll see you all there. Thanks for hanging out.